0: Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Empowerment Project podcast. Today's episode is dedicated to one of our five pillars, empowered physical health. At the Feminine Empowerment Project, we approach physical health from a standpoint of a connection to earth and all that the earth provides for us, whether that's food or uh, herbal medicine. Healing through a connection to the earth is a profound and ancient practice that taps into the innate bond between us and the natural world. It involves embracing the soothing gifts of nature to restore balance and rejuvenate the spirit. The earth's nurturing energy, whether felt through grounding exercises, barefoot walks on soft soil, eating food grown in the rich soil, or taking medicinal plants for healing, Maybe even sitting in a tranquil outdoor setting has a remarkable ability to dissipate stress, anxiety, inflammation, and provide profound healing both physically and emotionally. By immersing ourselves in the beauty and tranquility of the natural world, we access a timeless source of healing that aligns mind, body, and soul, promoting a sense of unity, wholeness, and renewal. So today, we're going to be talking about herbal remedies for women, and we will be reviewing some herbal remedies that are very common for PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome and women, and other women's hormonal imbalances. So regardless of whether or not you have PCOS or not, uh, this episode will still be very applicable to you because we're going to be go- going over herbal remedies that pe- could be used for many women's applications. So many women with PCOS and other hormonal imbalances uh, that come to me have often tried many natural remedies, and often they do not achieve the results they desire. Most women come to the conclusion that herbs just don't work, when the reality is you cannot just use some random herb that someone online said would work for balancing hormones or for PCOS and take the tonic dosage and think that's going to work like a pharmaceutical. It's just that that will never happen. It is equally ineffective to take a handful of herbs and supplements that supposedly help PCOS or fibroids or whatever hormonal issue you have, expecting that somehow this combination of random things you found off of the internet might fix things. I see this all the time. I used to see this on message boards on fertility that I used to frequent many, many years ago. And I would see women taking like 7 or 10 herbs and supplements in all these different dosages and mixtures and trying to um, balance their hormones. Some of them are trying to get pregnant. And I really didn't see very many women have success with that. And it doesn't surprise me at all because that's not how herbs work. But they would, oh, I saw on this website that this herb would work and I saw on that website that another one would work and the next thing you know they're taking this handful of pills every single day and they're not really getting anywhere and the reality is that's just not how herbs work this is like going to a pharmacy and having the pharmacist just close their eyes and pick a drug and then tell you to take it not all herbs that affect female hormones are suitable for every woman with PCOS or for every woman with a hormonal issue it is also important to note that there's a difference between a tonic dose and a medicinal dosage. So if you take the dose on any bottle of herb that you buy, you are absolutely not going to have results at all, ever. And this is one of the reasons why I run into so many people, herbs don't work, herbs aren't helping. You're right, they're not. Because any research that is done on an herb, they treat an herb like a pharmaceutical. And they are so vastly different that when you are trying to study an herb, they're looking at dosages of 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams, something like the amounts that you would take of Advil or something. And that's just simply not how herbal dosages work. So it's really important um, for you to understand how dosages work before we even get into the rest of this. In fact, I have had... Some women taking a dose of tincture every 15 to 30 minutes for several days when we had a very severe issue that we were dealing with. And so just that hopefully giving you an idea that this isn't like, oh, I've been taking a dropper full every day. Okay, well, good for you. But it's going to take you like 20 years. (laughs) Okay, it's probably not going to even do anything after 20 years. It just doesn't work like that. So in order for herbs to actually work, they have to be taken in medicinal dosages. If, if you're dealing with an actual issue, health issue, those tonic doses are more a maintenance dose. So if I have a woman that had a very severe hormonal imbalances or fibroids or something like that, I may give her high medicinal dosages initially. And then once we get things kind of calmed down and she's in balance, I may then have her take a tonic dose, which is more of just like maintenance of health or kind of maintenance of hormonal balance. And that's totally fine. But if we're dealing with an actual condition, then you need to be taking the correct herb for that condition and you need to be taking the correct dosage. So when I select an herb for a client, I'm looking at their unique picture of symptoms as well as the energetics of their symptoms in connection with the herb's chemical constituents along with the energetics of the herb so I want to match that energetic system that's going on in that woman's body along with the herb in order to support balance so that she can achieve health and the energetics of a woman's body and the way that it's functioning really need to be matched with the energetics of the herbs. And that is where the magic starts to happen. And a lot of times we're like, oh, you know, Vitex or Chaseberry is really good for PCOS. So I'll take that. Well, you may not fit the energetic profile of Vitex or Chaseberry, so it's not gonna help you. Pharmaceuticals are very different. They are used to suppress bodily functions and symptoms. And if you fit the symptomatic profile, The drug is given in a dosage that is very, very small, and it's very quick, and it's very effective. Drugs have to be given in very small dosages because they are very powerful chemicals. Herbs, on the other hand, do not suppress bodily functions or symptoms. They actually work to support the body through the healing process, and the healing process takes time. It isn't like taking an Excedrin for a headache, and then 30 minutes, the headache's gone. That is, that is a chemical that does that. It didn't fix the reason why you had the headache, but it, it stops the perception of pain. And so it takes the headache away and you, know, you, you feel great. And that's a lot of how most pharmaceuticals work. And that's a very simplistic way of explaining it. But herbs will take you through this healing process. And the length of that healing process depends on the severity of the health issue that we are dealing with. So, with women's fertility issues, they're very complex. And often with my clients, we have to work through an entire lifestyle redesign. I look at their exercise habits, eating habits, lifestyle factors, unique symptoms, and even personality traits. And then we adjust their lifestyle to bring physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health in alignment. And that is when we see healing happen. When herbs are then introduced, I generally use higher doses of medicinal herbs specifically related to that individual woman, not just a set of symptoms or a diagnosis that she received from a conventional medical doctor. So let's review the herbs to help you kind of understand the herbs that are out there that can help you and understand what they do. But if you really want a personalized herbal approach you're really struggling with some hormonal issues, you're, you're trying to get pregnant or you're going through menopause or you're dealing with fibroids or something, and you really want this unique herbal approach and someone that can evaluate your unique situation, please email me at sage at And we can set up a chat and see how I can help you. So that'd be great. Make sure you do email me if you have any questions. I would be happy to answer any questions. So let's get into it. First, we're going to talk about black cohosh. Now, if you have been struggling with fertility or anything like that, um, and have kind of a little bit dabbled in the herbal world, you've probably heard of black cohosh. We use this uh, for women in labor. I've used this before. Uh, I've used this... In women that are close to going into labor, it does contain phytoestrogens, which are beneficial in conditions of estrogen deficiency and excess. And I know you're going to freak out about that. Oh, my gosh, phytoestrogens, scary, run away. Um, But let's back the train up a little bit and pull ourselves out of the propaganda machine And we're going to talk about estrogens from phytoestrogens for a minute. That means plant estrogens. So plant estrogens or phytoestrogens are 100,000 times weaker than the bioactive estrogen in your body, which is called estradiol, okay? Do I need to say that again? 100 times, 100,000 times weaker, Okay. So when people are like, oh my gosh, if you eat tofu, you're, you know, a man, it's going to make a man turn into a woman or all this weirdo stuff. It's not true. This is all propaganda and I'm not going to get into that, but it's just, I mean, it literally makes me laugh because I go through a lot of research I have for many, many years in uh, nutrition and all of that. And I've, I've just never seen anything like that, like shown in any reputable study whatsoever. Anyway, when a phytoestrogen binds with an estrogen receptor, if you have low estrogen, that phytoestrogen is just going to give a really subtle boost to your estrogen levels. It's not going to be something crazy. Like I said before, and I'm going to reiterate it again because there's so much propaganda about phytoestrogens, we're talking about 100,000 times weaker than the estrogen that's flowing through your body. So we're not going to like all all of a sudden just skyrocket your estrogen levels. It's going to be very subtle, but it is going to help just support those estrogen levels when they're low. And this really, really, really helps women in menopause. When we see women in menopause, the standard American diet um, has a lot of bioactive estrogens in it. We're not going to get into that, which can cause women's estrogen levels to go up and down and all over the map when they're they're normally supposed to slowly decline. And the main hormone estradiol that you have when you're in your childbearing years starts to decline. And then after menopause, it's actually estrone That is the primary estrogen. You need estrogen for your body to be healthy. And so you have that just maintenance kind of lower level of estrone after that. But when we're going into that transition, we have these spikes and falls and estrogen is all over the place and we're getting hot flashes and it's really uncomfortable and we're emotional and we're moody and we feel crazy. And when we we add a phytoestrogen to that, and we adjust some of the lifestyle factors, we actually end up balancing that process and really decreasing the amount of really uncomfortable symptoms that women have. And and black cohosh is one that we can use for um, menopause and hot flashes. But if you have excess estrogen, now let's talk about this. You'd be like, oh my gosh, phytoestrogens, that's crazy. No, no, no. When a phytoestrogen or a plant estrogen binds with an estrogen receptor, your bioactive estrogen or estradiol cannot bind with that receptor. So what we're talking about is this little mild phytoestrogen goes and binds with the receptor, and this big estrogen that's 100,000 times stronger cannot bind with that receptor. Can you see what that's going to do? It's actually going to lower your estrogen levels. This is why phytoestrogens actually have a balancing effect on estrogen. They do not cause crazy high estrogen. They can't. They are too weak to cause super high estrogen levels. They're just plant estrogens cannot do that. And and the only thing I really need to say is a plant biologically the same as a human? No, not even close. It's not even an animal. You know, if we're talking about a cow, we, then we have the same bioactive hormones going on. But with a plant, we don't. They're very, very, very weak. So this will actually bind with those receptors and prevent other estrogen in your body from binding with it, and it starts to lower and balance those estrogens. So I actually use phytoestrogen quite frequently for PCOS and other estrogen-related conditions with very good success. Um, we've used this with women with irregular periods, uh, and women with infertility as well. And depending on the situation, I do, I have used it with good success. So I I do like using those and black cohosh is not the only one I use either. There are just too many to discuss in this podcast. So I'm using some of the more popular ones. So when we look at black cohosh, we're looking at vaginal dryness, amenorrhea, So basically an absent uh, menstrual cycle. Mood swings is really big uh, with black cohosh, Um, premature aging, menopause, and hot flashes. But I'm not only looking at these physical symptoms. So if we're looking at black cohosh and you're like, yeah, I have amenorrhea and I definitely have some mood swings and some of this kind of stuff. Then I'm going to now look at the unique individual characteristics that also go along with black cohosh. So women who need black cohosh exhibit the following characteristics and symptoms. Often depression, feeling like a dark cloud is looming over her. Her symptoms are worse before a period. She tends to be more introspective. Um, She feels better with the onset of a period. So if the moodiness is, is really strong, it usually will dissipate once the period starts. Um, she may more have, so instead of like premenstrual, like anger or frustration, this woman would have more depression and moodiness before a period. And they often have headaches with before a period that are related to hormones. And there's a whole list of things, but we also may use this in young women that have menstrual issues and suffer with acne. This can also balance that as well. Um, symptoms might be worse in the morning, might be worse with cold, like applying cold to like, if you're having cramps or something and you feel cold, your symptoms are worse. You feel better with like a warm application during cramps or something like that. So these women tend to have back pain with their period. And so if you put like a warm compress on your back and it feels a lot better, that type of a thing. Black cohosh is not appropriate for all women who suffer with the irregular periods and it's not appropriate for every woman with PCOS. And I see so many women trying to take black cohosh with PCOS and that it, it does work for that and it can work for that, but not for everybody. So you really do need to discuss your condition with an actual herbalist before you start taking herbs, if you're dealing with like wanting to get pregnant or dealing with something like that, because just randomly taking herbs that you see off the internet is just not going to be effective enough. The next one that we have is Vitex or Chasteberry. And Chasteberry is so common. Most of the women that I come across who are looking for natural remedies for PCOS are on Chasteberry or Vitex. And it works well for P C O S again with the right woman, right? It works well for menstrual issues, and it does work well for infertility. But many women that take this herb when they're trying to get pregnant usually don't achieve the result they're looking for. And it's not the herb that has failed them. It's just that this herb is is not right for every situation, and it's not right for every woman that has P C O S either. And this is what. I think it confuses people. A lot of people try to apply herbs like drugs. Oh, like it, it's like saying Clomid. You know, if I take Clomid, that herb is very, or I mean that drug is very specific. But herbs don't work like that. Like any woman that is having an ovulation could be given Clomid. And that's not the case with the herbs. They just don't work that way. The benefits of Vitex stem from its actions on the pituitary gland. more specifically on the production of a hormone called luteinizing hormone. And this indirectly increases progesterone production and helps regulate the menstrual cycle. So again, we're looking here at women with short luteal phases um, or delayed ovulation. So they have a longer follicular phase. There's several things that we're looking at um, physically, with using Vitex or Chasteberry. But it also keeps prolactin secretion in check. So the ability to uh, decrease mildly elevated prolactin levels. And again, prolactin can affect the menstrual cycle. It can pr- affect your fertility. So it may benefit some infertile women who have mildly elevated prolactin levels, as well as some women with breast tender. Tenderness that's associated with premenstrual syndrome. And actually, on this one, double-blind trials have confirmed that Vitex is effective at lowering mildly elevated prolactin levels in women. And if you would like the link to that, I can, I can send that to you. So women that benefit from Chasteberry have the following symptoms. Generally, depression. And this doesn't have to be like, I'm clinical clinically depressed, like very severe. This can just kind of be a general, you know, a general mild form of depression. They're frequently drowsy, absent-minded, irregular menstruation with pain in the abdomen, yellow vaginal discharge. These women tend to be more low-spirited, but they have a high sex drive, may have inflammation in the uterus, elevated prolactin levels, irritability, mood swings, that type of a thing. So a woman with PCOS who matches this symptom profile, uh, maybe with a short luteal phase or something like that, may benefit from chasteberry. berry, but it is not a cure for PCOS on its own. So it's really important to understand that. And then we're going to look at stargrass or true unicorn. This is a rare herb that has significant value for female conditions, But it is not the same as false unicorn. So if you decide to try this herb, make sure you're getting the right one. This is true unicorn. It is a lot more rare than false unicorn. This is beneficial for women with the following symptoms. So true unicorn is really good for anemia and women that are tired all of the time. These women may have short menstrual cycles with heavy bleeding. The uterus feels heavy. Labor-like pain with menstruation. They're prone to miscarriage. Um, True Unicorn is really, really good for women who've had multiple miscarriages. And these women tend to feel pain more on their right side. And Sorry about the phone. Um, My husband's on a business trip, so I have my phone on. Uh, Dizziness, nervous dyspepsia, and difficulty concentrating. So I don't use this herb very often, but it can be very effective for women who are struggling with hormonal issues along with anemia and fatigue and the things that we talked about. It it definitely can be very effective. And when I have a woman that I feel like kind of fits this, I, I will use it. The next one is blue cohosh or colophyllum. This is a very common herb used for female complaints, but again, not suitable for all things. It's, these are not, you know... Take, just anybody take it. It is kind of considered a woman's remedy. It's definitely suitable for menstrual irregularities and some situations of infertility. And I've often used this one for women in labor as well. When I've worked in um, birth centers or with midwives, we've we've used this a time or two in labor because it it is for lack of tone in the uterus. And so if we have a woman where um, she's kind of having a prodromal labor or something like that. we We may use this to kind of get things moving along. It is also very useful for frequent miscarriages due to an in- incompetent cervix just because it helps with that tone. Again, this is not a cure for an incompetent cervix, so I don't want any women to think, oh, instead of having a cerclage, I can just use um, I can just use blue cohosh. That's not the case. I actually myself have an incompetent cervix. This is not something that I would use on its own for that. So I just want to be very clear about that. It's also used for profuse menstruation, profuse vaginal discharge, generally for women that feel exhausted and fretful and for women that are just really worn out sexually. They may have heaviness and weakness in the lower extremities, It's really good for women with low estrogen levels and long menstrual cycles. So again, if you fit kind of that general overall, and these are just, again, very um, basic overviews of these herbs, but just to kind of help give you some direction if you are looking for herbs to use. And then we're going to move on to cotton root bark, and I've got to start at the very beginning with cotton root bark. I, I kind of questioned whether I should put this in here, but I did. It should be used only under the supervision of an experienced herbalist. I included it for a complete list of possible herbs for women with amenorrhea because it is very, very, very effective. But it is a very strong herb. And with this herb, we do have toxicity. So we do have the risk of toxicity. So do not just go out and buy cotton root bark and start taking it, okay? If you want to take this one or try this one, please contact me. Please let me know. Um, we definitely need, you definitely need to be under the supervision of an experienced herbalist with this one. This one is generally used. I have used this before, but I don't use it very often. Generally to bring on delayed menses or for longer menstrual cycles, we will use this. Um, the only cases actually that I have used this have been for what we call a missed miscarriage where the baby has passed away in utero, but the woman has not yet miscarried, Uh, that that tends to be when I use this herb and it's very effective for that. But you do need to be careful um, when you use it. But delayed menses is also, it's very good for that as well. We see women with intermittent pain in their ovaries, irregular menstruation. Menstruation tends to be thin and watery and there's back pain and like a heavy dragging feeling in the pelvis. And usually it's because there is this like delay, like a woman feels like menstruation is going to come on, but it just doesn't start. These women have a tendency toward fibroids. It's very much a um stagnation is probably what I would call it, like just stagnant menstrual flow, stagnant things, and a a a baby that's passed away in utero and the woman doesn't miscarry, we would see that as a very stagnant condition as well. And so this definitely is a mover. It gets things moving, but we do have to be really careful with, with that because it can be toxic. So then we're going to move on to false unicorns. So remember, this one is a lot more common of an herb than true unicorn. I have used false unicorn also for a missed mis- miscarriage with very, very good success with this one. And this is my preferred herb to go to i actually use a combination but this is one of the herbs that i use in that combination and it works very very well and a lot of women just don't want to go through the dnc process it can cause other damage and issues with future pregnancies that women just don't want to deal with um that whole procedure and everything and this works very very well so we use this for pcos along with other hormonal issues uh, and i've also used this during labor as well and like as you notice, I'm not telling you that any one of these, like this herb is only for PCOS or it's only for this specific thing. We can use them for many different things. They have a lot of different effects and it, you know, I would use different dosages for different situations. Um, So it's, it's really important to kind of understand what, what you're doing. Women that use uh false unicorn, have kind of a heavy weight feeling in the sacrum and pelvis. They tend to struggle with fatigue, lower back pain that might radiate into the thighs. And again, during labor, this might be another reason we would use this when we start seeing a woman who is having labor, back labor that's radiating into her thighs, then this would be a really good one to use for that as well. Long menstrual cycles, a Lot these women tend to struggle with insomnia and usually have tender painful nipples sometime after ovulation and before their period dysmenorrhea with like a bearing down like pain that causes them to want to bear down so we also will use false unicorn for women with a tendency of a prolapsed uterus or this feeling that everything's going to fall out we will use that as well so I I really, really like false unicorn, and I do use that one frequently. And then the last herb that we have is saw palmetto. And this is one of my favorites for PCOS. It has a liposterol in it that has been shown in research to inhibit the production of testosterone in women and lower actually the more toxic forms of testosterone that can inhibit ovulation and cause issues in fertility and other issues in women. So saw palmetto is not the only one that I will use, but I will use saw palmetto in women with PCOS who have elevated testosterone levels, high sex drive, um, enlarged ovaries. It works really well for, usually the women don't like sympathy. They have more frequent urination at night. Um, and I will, I'll tend to add this for them. And last one that I'd like to talk about specifically for PCOS is, um, spearmint. And there have been, there's been a lot of research on spearmint in relation to PCOS and lowering testosterone levels. And it works very, very well. Um, and I did not actually put this in my list. So I'm kind of adding this here on the end, but I just wanted to add it because I I love spearmint. Spearmint, is one that you do not need to be under the supervision of an herbalist. If you have elevated testosterone levels, if you have, um, hair growth on the chin or abdomen or whatever that's excessive or thick, um, you have an ovulation where you are not ovulating sometimes or, Um, very long menstrual cycles, most of PCOS symptoms related to testosterone, high testosterone. I love spearmint. And in research, I just want you to be aware that in the research, they were using three cups of spearmint tea a day, which is a lot more than most women will do. A lot of women will take like a pill or a couple of pills or something. And when you look at the research and they had really Good success with it, you need to take the dosage that they were using, which was three cups a day. So if you are struggling with PCOS and you are struggling with elevated testosterone and um, thick hair growth in places that you do not like it, you're having a high sex drive, those types of things, spearmint would be very effective for PCOS in that way as well. So hopefully you enjoyed this kind of overview of herbs for women's health. And I really like women to understand that, yes, there are herbs that can be very effective for you, but you do need to understand the herb well enough to know that it is the specific one that you need to be using for your specific condition. And hopefully this was helpful and just very educational for you. And like I said earlier, if you would like more In depth help with your hormonal issues, whatever that may be, whether you're going through menopause, perimenopause, dealing with PCOS or fibroids or endometriosis, whatever the case may be, if you would like to have more individualized help in coming into this empowered space of taking control of your hormones and your health in relation to uh, any fertility or hormonal issues that you're having definitely email me at sage at and let me know, you know, what your issue is, what you're looking for. We could set up a time to talk or I can answer some questions for you and I would love to do that. I really appreciate you supporting this podcast and I really appreciate you listening in and I hope that you find a lot of education and empowerment listening to these podcasts and I, I really love doing this for you. And I hope that you have a very blessed day and I will see you next time.